I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello everybody and welcome to the Covenant Living Broadcast Praise God I'm David Weeder. This is my wife, Lynn Weeder, and we are having a good time. And you're having, well, if you're not having a good time, you're about to have a good time. If you are having a good time, it's going to get even better, bless God. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on the broadcast. It's going to be a good time in the Word as usual. And uh, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share the Word of the living God. It's such an honor. It is such a honor to be able to handle the things of the God of the universe, the principles and the, the, the applications that you put in place that govern the universe. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's beyond description. I'm so thankful, so honored. <clears throat> we do not take it lightly. And we ask you, sir, to think through our minds and speak through our lips what you would have every person to hear. Ministering spirit, ministering spirits go forth and, and minimize distractions around the people listening to these broadcasts, watching these broadcasts. Holy Spirit, quicken to them the things that are brought forth. Quicken to them Bring it alive in their spirits and in their minds how to apply these things to each and every day of their lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Amen. 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 Well, praise God. Thank you for joining us. Pull up a chair. We just act, we just, we just feel like he's, he's amongst us. <laughs> Just just pull up a chair to the table and let's get in these things together. We really do. We just we just we love you so much and we're so honored that you would invite us into your homes and into your cars, into your wherever you're listening to these uh podcasts or watching these broadcasts. We're so, so glad that you invite us in and that you make us a part of your lives. You're so much a part of our lives. We pray for you. We think about you. We pray for you at meals. I pray for you in the mornings. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing that the, that the Lord has, has set up. You know, particularly, particularly if you're partners with us and with this ministry, you know, the Lord talks about as, as every joint mm-hmm. or every joining supplies and you know physically in this earth Lynn and I are limited as to what we can do but oh not with our partners when our partners get in here they pray for us they sow financially they hook up with us we can get anything done that the Lord has assigned us to do and we're we, we just we're just thankful. <laughs> That's just all there is to it. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We are talking today <clears throat> and will be talking about another aspect of the laws and principles that the Lord has placed 
into the operating system of the kingdom of God that enables us. Well, a great example of it is an ambassador. That's what we are. It's what the, the, the word in, in Galatians says, that we are ambassadors of Christ. Well, even in the natural system, you take the United States ambassador and you put them in, in some third world country mm-hmm. somewhere, and there's poverty and lack and, and, and disease and, and bad circumstances all around them, but not at the ambassador's residence. Right. You know, it, it might be dirt and mud mm-hmm. everywhere else, but you come up across, you come up to the U.S. Embassy and there's grass and there's flowers. And, um, you know, if, if that particular ambassador liked green jelly beans, there's green jelly beans mm-hmm. in, the, <laughs> in the embassy. He's not restricted and limited to the local economy that the local laws and leadership Mm -hmm. have produced. Well, as ambassadors of Christ, the Lord has given us the power and the ability through the kingdom of heaven system and its operation to live our lives as we're citizens of heaven, which the word literally (laughs) says we are. Mm -hmm. That's where our citizenship is from. The ambassador of the United States, his his livelihood, sustenance, and ability is not based on local economy or the laws of the local economy. It's based on the laws and the economy of the United States of America. Well, our Christian ability to live, our our sustenance, our livelihoods, our ability is not limited to any natural country or this world's system of economics. Our sustenance, our livelihood, our ability is backed by heaven, its ability, its produce, its profitability is what supplies ours. And that's a much better system. Oh, oh man. You, you can find the best system on the planet Earth and it doesn't hold a candle <laughs> to heaven's system of economy. That's why it's so vitally, vitally important to learn and operate by the rules and principles that provide that exemption. Right. You have to know, you know, if, uh, if, if, if for some reason, and this doesn't happen because ambassadors are well-trained mm-hmm. in what they can and what they can't do. But if, it, you know, for some, let's just for the, the, the sake of illustration here, let's just say that uh, um, an ambassador was sent over to a third world country and they didn't know that they had diplomatic immunity. Well, then they're going to be beat up, beat down, beat around mm-hmm. by the same poverty, the same rules and laws that are in that local government and local environment. They have to know their rights and privileges, not only as an American citizen, but as an American diplomat, mm-hmm. an American ambassador. Well, we have to know our rights and privileges of exclusivity as Christians, as citizens of heaven, as ambassadors of Christ. And that's what we're studying. We're studying we've, we've studied it in light of faith because in order to live the life of an ambassador, you have to live a life of faith. The just shall live by faith. 
So that ambassadorship in our part is to present something that other people want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't quite get that with ambassador of the U.S. to another country because those citizens can't convert, but they can with us. They Mm -hmm. can look and go, man, I wish I had that. I want to be a part of that kingdom. Yeah. And I mean, we do get people that come to the United States and become United States citizens. They defect from their system and join the United States system. Well, my brother and sister, it don't take but just a moment to defect from Satan's system and come, oh, come on, come on over into the kingdom. Come on over into the kingdom. Even if you're born again doesn't mean, like I said, if you were an ambassador that didn't know their rights and privileges, they still need to come on over into the operating system of their kingdom. Well, you can be born again. You can be assured that you're going to heaven when you die, but you need to go, come on over into this operating system. Come on over and know your rights and privileges because it's that exemption. It's that exclusivity that Jesus said in Matthew 2. Well, let's look at it real quick. I I wasn't planning on doing this, but I need to. Matthew chapter 24, Jesus uh, tapped into his anointing and calling as a prophet and basically reached through time and read, <laughs> read headlines from news articles today. It, would, it, would, it almost seems that way. In, in uh, Matthew chapter 24, his disciples were asking about the end times. And uh, Jesus, man, he starts talking about them. He says, take heed that no, one, no man deceive you, for many shall come. This is verse 4 of uh, chapter 24 of Matthew. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And then he goes on and talks about wars and rumors of wars and, and, and brother and turning against brother. And it's all these horrible things that we are seeing right now all around us in pretty much every part of the world, even in places like the United States, where people thought this would never happen. And we're seeing it take place even as we're sitting here at this table today. But, but, this is, you know, Brother Jesse said, you know, a lot of times, but is the badge of unbelief because people will apply it. They'll say, I know God said that, but. but. <clears throat> it's a badge of unbelief. And Brother Jesse said, you need to get your butt out of the way. <laughs> but this is, this is a, a case where you want your butt right square in the way <laughs> because he lists all of these horrible things. And then he said, and he says, but the word, but, but, um, he that shall, this is verse 13 of Matthew 24, but he that shall endure. Now that word gets a really bad rap <laughs> in religion. Um, most people see that endure unto the end and they read that as, um, you know, those, make those, yeah, those that scrape by by the skin of their teeth and they, they put up with the torture and they put up with the wars and the beating up and the beating down and the sickness and the disease and the plagues and the calamity. If they can go all through that and somehow survive, they're going to scrape into heaven at the last, at the last trumpet. That is not what that means. If you look up that word endure in the Greek, you'll see words like stay under. You'll see words like abide. Well, does that sound familiar to you? Let me refresh your memory of Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under 
the shadow of the Almighty, and that goes down and follows all of the things that he just talked about that, that we are not a part of. A thousand can fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand, but it will not come near us. Well, and one of the root words has a meaning of expectancy. Yes, yes. It's not just, oh my gosh, when is this going to end? But all right, this is, this is our time, glory to God. And expect to abide under the shadow of the Almighty because look what happens. They're the, in, they, they that dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, those that endure and stay abide under until the end, the same shall be protected, delivered, healed. They'll do well. You think I'm, you think I'm making this up? Go over to John chapter 17. Jesus talks about this. John chapter 17. Well, this is not the direction I was headed with this at all. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear this for sure. John chapter 17, he, Jesus praying for his disciples and for us. We'll see that in a minute. Look what he said. Now, you got to go back and read this whole chapter. It is so rich. And it's, it's because you'll see as you read down through verses 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, on down through, it's because of the word and it's because of the name. But look over here. In verse 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil. Is that exemption or what? It's what we're just talking about. He's expanding on it in John chapter 17. And in back going back to Matthew chapter 24, that next verse says, and this gospel, this word of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. And then the world should come. It's just exactly what Lynn was just talking about a minute ago. We have to be living as ambassadors according to our laws in the kingdom of God as a witness in these last days for people to look around and say, I want what they have. I've seen uncle so-and-so die because of this. I've seen aunt so-and-so die because of this. My best friend lost everything he had trying to fight this, but you are walking through all of this unscathed and unaffected by everything that's going on around. That's the witness. That's keeping us from the evil that is in the world. Now, you go on down to verse 20, and you'll see, Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which should believe on me through their word. Now, I don't care who you are. One way or another, indirectly or directly, you heard about Jesus through the words of the men he was praying for. So he was praying for you. He was praying for me. Now, I don't know how, uh, how you can look at that any other way except exempt, exemption. Keep them. I don't to, I'm not telling you to take them out of the world, but I'm telling you to make them exempt from the evil. In the world. Part of that evil is fear too. Absolutely. It's not just the bad things. It's the fear of those bad things. And especially this time of year, you can get so overwhelmed with everything that you have to do, everything that needs to be done. And 
you want that joy. You want that peace. But this is how you get it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in, in, in transitioning over into what I thought I was going to be speaking <laughs> the whole time about, one of the pieces of the law of exemption when it comes to finances is tithing. Now, I want to look at that this week. Don't turn, don't, hey, don't turn that off. Don't touch that remote. Tithing is a blessing. You hear me? And we're going to see that, and we're going to see why right now. And let me, uh, the first thing I'm going to sow is there's a whole lot of people that are saying tithing is not for today. Mm -hmm. And so let's settle that. They say, they, they say that tithing was under the law. It was something that was required, required in the Jewish law, and we've been redeemed from the law, and so, which we've been redeemed from the curse, curse of, of the law, law, by the way. Tithing is a blessing. But let's look at it. Go to Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14 was before the law came into existence. This was Abraham's day, and it was before Moses introduced the law. Genesis chapter 14 and verse 17. Now, this was after a massive military defeat where Abraham and the trained servants from his household just kicked the snot out of the most powerful king on the earth in, the, in that day. I mean, just, matter of fact, just said, slaughtered him, came back from the slaughter, just wiped him out. And the king of Sodom, verse 17 of Genesis 14, and the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chedorlaomer. I hope that was close mm-hmm. to right. And the kings that were with him at the valley of she- Sheva, which is in the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God. So there's the interesting thing. Uh, Melchizedek just said Abram was the possessor of heaven and earth. Well, yeah. He was in covenant with his covenant brother, God, who possessed heaven and earth, and blessed be the most high God, which has delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said unto the king of Sodom, I love this attitude, I have lift my hand Lift up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich, save only that which the young men have eaten and the portion of the men which went with me. Tithe. Tithe. Abram just conquered the most the most fierce king and military force on the planet. And he was grateful and he was thankful to God. 
And out of that gratefulness, out of that thankfulness, he presented his tithe to God Almighty. This was the first time in the scripture that the term tithe was used. But if you know what tithe is, you can understand and you will know that it goes all the way back to the garden. The tree, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You got all these other trees, Adam, Eve, these are all yours. Eat of them, enjoy them, take care of them. Now, now look, now, you need to watch over this one, but don't eat of it. This is my tree. You need to take care of it. You need to nurture it, but it's mine. That's the tithe. That's the tithe. Now, listen, the first murder that was ever committed was, was over offering the first fruits, the tithe, Cain and Abel. Well, where do you think they learned it? From their parents, Adam and Eve. So it's obvious that that was the tithe and that Adam trained and taught his children to present the tithe, the first fruits, to God for thanksgiving. Well, it's been passed down. Abraham obviously learned it from somewhere. Mm -hmm. So this principle and this law of success, Abram was a very, very wealthy man, was from the beginning of time. It didn't start with the law. It was before the law. It was in the law. You can see it all through Leviticus 27, Numbers 18, and in the entire book of Deuteronomy. It's, it's, right. all, <laughs> it's all over Deuteronomy. But now let's turn to Malachi. And let's see the purpose. Malachi is really, really lays out the purpose of the tithe. Now, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he implements a law, he implements a principle, the fact or the, the, the idea, the concept that it would pass away is quite frankly ridiculous. But let's, uh, it's so funny because he actually says here in Malachi, in chapter 3, just before talking about the tithe, in verse 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. <laughs> it's just right before he talks about the tithe. Mm -hmm. He says, I ain't changing. This, is before, this was before the law, it's during the law, it's after the law. Okay? So you scroll on down. <laughs> or you look on down. Just two verses after he says that. Verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, we're redeemed from the curse of the law. But I'm still not going to be robbing from God. But let's, let's see the purpose of the tithe. Verse 10. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Now we got the angels involved. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Stop right there. All right. So the first thing that we see as a result of the tithe is the activation of the blessing. The blessing of God. I will pour you out a blessing. Okay. That's the first thing. Now let's continue verse 11. And, okay, so now we've got a connection here. I will rebuke 
the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Stop right there. All right, so now we got number two. First thing it does, it activates the blessing system. Number two, it enables Satan to be rebuked from devouring the seeds that you've sown. Remember, we said, he said, how do you rob me? Tithes and offerings. So we're talking about both here. All right. So the, the fruit of your ground, thus that comes from seed sown. So we're talking about sowing now, offerings. All right. But it's the tithe that enables the devourer to be rebuked from off of those Har- of, off of the harvest. Yeah, anybody who's planted a garden in their backyard or something has seen that bugs, bugs, or <laughs> rabbits, rabbits, deer, squirrels, birds, birds, grasshoppers, everything trying to devour your crop. Mm-hmm. But your tithe protects it from that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. So your tithe will ensure that your, your seeds reach maturity, that the harvest comes. Your tithe protects it and makes sure that it produces, it flourishes, and it becomes a ripe harvest for your life. So number one, it activates the blessing system in general in your life. Everything you set your hand to will be successful. Number two, it rebukes the devourer from consuming your crops. Number three, it ensures that your crops, your seeds sown, will produce a mature harvest. Okay? Now, let's read a little bit further because I want to point out something to you. The the very (laughs) next verse. Well... Not the next verse after that. Go scroll back down here. (laughs) Your vine won't cast fruit before the time of the field, and all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Now look here. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken so much against you? You have said, it is vain to serve God, and what profit is it? that we have kept his ordinances and that we have mocked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. Your words. Now we're back to holding fast our confessions of faith. They didn't hold their confessions of faith. They were speaking confessions of doubt and unbelief. Well, and they were saying there's no reward in serving God. So they weren't pleasing to God. Right. Because you have to believe that there's reward in it. Oh, glory to God. You see how this, now listen, this is, I understand this is a standalone broadcast, but in order to get the most out of what we just said, you need to go back and watch about three, four, five broadcasts <laughs> and get caught up because it all ties in. It all ties in. Your faith saying, holding fast your confession, pleasing God with faith because you have to believe that he exists and, he and the that he is the rewarder. There is profit to seeking the Lord. Glory to God. God, it is it, <laughs> Hebrews 7, 8. Hebrews 7, verse 8. I know I'm running short on time. We gotta, I've got it right here. Okay, Hebrews 7, verse 8. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. That's our covenant, my brother, my sister, and it is still the same 
thing. He receives our tithe, and the tithe does the same thing God intended it to do from the beginning of time. You understand? He loves you. He wants you to have the best. He loves you. We love you. And Jesus is Lord. Thank you, partners and friends, for making these broadcasts possible. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380.